Welcome to Climb Your Mountain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use coaching, neuroscience, and mindfulness to overcome life's challenges. I'm Sarah Maurer, a certified life and performance coach, breathwork facilitator, and trance geek. Each week, I show you how to change your brain fast for good and without struggle. Whether you're training to climb an actual mountain, building a business, dating, or planning a fucking rebellion, these tools will help. Listen and learn so you can enjoy more of what you want. Happiness, fun, connection, creativity, courage, and the occasional mountaintop moment. Ready? Let's do this. Hey, my friends, how you doing? Welcome to the dating episode. I know some of you are probably really excited to see this pop up in your feed. And maybe some of you that have been like married so hard for 30, 40 years were like, meh, meh. I might skip this one, but if you're here, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I am going to talk about dating today, and some of you, that's going to be a very specific thing that you want to learn about that's happening in your life, but even if it's not, I want you to kind of hold the idea that anytime you step into something new, it expands you, and not always in comfortable ways. And that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about today. So maybe for you, it isn't dating. Maybe it's changing jobs, retiring, going back to school, having kids. That's your quote-unquote dating, (laughs) your big expanding project in your life that maybe you are just stepping into or just getting started with, hopefully this will give you some thoughts, some concepts, some tools that really hit, that really help, that you can take with you. So yeah, online dating, what's going on? Um, I'll tell you a little bit about my history with online dating, just because I think that's useful to know as I'm framing this conversation. And really, I have been doing online dating since back when it first, probably first started. I remember when Match.com was pretty new. And actually, one of my friends from college, we graduated in 1998, and then she had gone into medical school. She actually joined Match.com while she was a medical resident because she's like, I literally have no time to date. And this was back in a time when, I don't know, I think like there was a lot of judgment still around online dating. I feel like now that it's just like kind of what everyone does. It's so normal. It's what all the cool kids do. But back then it was definitely like a little bit iffy. And she's like, honestly, if I'm going to be a doctor and then also find a guy, I got to do this because it's not like I have time as a resident to get to bars and like meet people. So she actually joined the dating app. She joined Match. She messaged one guy. They fell in love. They started talking. She canceled her membership after a month. And that's the guy she married and is still married to 24 years later and has two kids with. So I don't know. I always like kind of feel thankful for that. It always kind of colored my perception of online dating. I think a lot of people look at online dating as like the most horrible thing that could happen to them. They're like, I don't want to get divorced because I could go through, then I would have to go through online dating and I definitely couldn't handle that. And I just want to put out there that I honestly think it's kind of fun. Like I've generally had good experiences. Not every date has been awesome. I've gone on lots of first dates that didn't turn into second dates. I've had lots of guys that seem cool and then 
disappeared, but I've also had a couple of long-term relationships come out of it. I actually was internet dating kind of hot and heavy when I was in grad school and then met someone in real life because I think, I don't know, I was just like really open to meeting someone and it happened to come off the app, which was also really awesome. And generally just have always been like, this is like a fun way to meet people. You know, it's good practice. It's good, you know, kind of helping me with some of my, as someone who's a little bit of a hermit that doesn't necessarily like to get together with strangers and make small talk, it it really helps with that, which I think is not necessarily a bad thing, helps me connect to new people faster. I've, I've always just thought it's kind of a, kind of a good thing. And I always have kind of thought of it as it's kind of like starting a business. Like so many people are like, I'm going to start a side hustle and make a million dollars. And they're maybe not completely prepared for the wild ride that ensues. And a lot of people get a bit intimidated and jump off the ride like really early. And I think dating is kind of like that. Like you really have to (laughs) go into it with the mindset that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of I don't know what's the word, wrong turns before you get to the right destination. You're going to be realized like as you're driving the car toward whatever your goal is, long-term relationship, you know, short-term relationship, marriage, you're going to realize like your car is off the highway and up some side road in some little podunk town where they're tipping cows and maybe it's even going backward. <laughs> so it's, it's just like business that way. It's a constant like assessment of how's this going? Where am I? at? Where am I going? How do I get back on the path to where I'm going? So anyway, that's a lot about, yeah, me and online dating. And then the other thing to know, I think this is useful, is kind of, I'd say since about two, I guess I dated a little bit during the pandemic, but really since 2018, life has kind of really happened to me. I felt like I'm dealing with some kind of family health tragedy, first my dad and then my mom pretty much for like years and years straight. And it's only been just kind of recently, I'm like, I even have like the bandwidth in my own brain to do dating and to really think about that part of my life. So it is kind of a coming back after like like five, almost six years of being mostly out of that game. So that's been a little bit interesting too. So what's happening? Honestly, like it's only been a month. Um, got my profile up, started talking to lots of people, had lots of really <laughs> interesting things kind of move through there. I did go on one date, which I'll talk about in a minute. It was not actually the, the most amazing date, <laughs> but definitely like very interesting as we'll get to. So even though not a whole lot seems to have happened, I just feel like I have learned and expanded and been confronted and stretched and squashed and stretched back out so many times as a person in these last 30 days. So I thought maybe I would share my top, I think it's going to be my top six lessons from one month of online dating. It's kind of funny. I was like, this online dating thing is a gold mine for <laughs> just like managing your mind and coaching yourself and all the, all the skills that I teach as a coach. And I was like, I'm just going to wait till I'm an expert. I'm going to take a year and just like write down everything that's happening. And then I'm going to share it all in one big 
like huge podcast episode or maybe even a course. And I'm kind of realizing that's not what I want to do. I am learning so much. I'm going to just kind of take you on the journey with me. I might pop in and do another one of these dating episodes every now and then just to share all the good shit that's coming to me through me and everything that it is you know, everything that's happening. So yeah, let's start with the six lessons from the first month. So the first thing that really jumped out at me is that dating kind of like business in this way really is your mirror. It's really holding up like a mirror so that you can see all the places you still need healing, all the places where you're kind of hiding yourself from the world, all the places where the shadow lives, dating is going to show you that really fucking fast. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but um, some examples of things that have kind of come through for me, that these are things that were you know, kind of bothering me and kicking around in my subconscious, most likely, but I I wasn't even aware of them to really address them or heal them. And one of them really, I think, has to do with feeling desirable, especially as a 48-year-old that is out there dating and realizing all the things that maybe I don't love about my body or my appearance and really realizing how I want to look perfect and almost feel like I need to look perfect in order to be loved. Another one that comes up for me a lot is people-pleasing. The thought that I've noticed moving through my head is relationships, they always start great. And then they kind of end with me being the one that does all the work and over functions. I'm like compromising and putting the other person's needs first. And then it never, once it gets to that point, works out. So I'm like, ah, I just, that's, if that's the way it's going to be, I I don't even want to go to all this trouble. And I really, have just this month started kind of feeling into the idea that maybe it could be different, that maybe I'm different now. Like I've done so much work in this past year on people pleasing and boundaries and really, you know, having relationships with people that are really honest. And I'm still working on that, but I'd say it's a quantum leap from like 2022 to 2024. Um, But yeah, that was definitely one that came up. Here's one I think is super common. I maybe don't want to risk opening up and getting hurt if I even like let myself care a little bit and not just like treat it like a joke. I'm going to get hurt and that's going to be hard. So there's a lot of work I'm doing around my just ability to feel all the emotions, my willingness to feel whatever wants to move through and to know that that's okay. You can think of it almost like flexing a muscle, like the more you can feel, that's really powerful in your life. But it really kind of took dating to show me some of the places I was not feeling. And then Another one that comes up for me, and I'm not sure this is true either, but I kind of have this story that I'm just not capable of having a healthy, mutually uplifting relationship, so I shouldn't even try. Like, I come from a pretty dysfunctional family. Like, I I don't think, (laughs) I I don't think anywhere in my family I've seen, like, like, parents, aunts, uncles, like, I've just seen, like, all the different flavors of dysfunction, but not, like, two people that were just genuinely in love and cherishing one another and just like working well together at life. Like, like there's a, I I feel like I have friends where I see aspects of that, which is amazing. And I feel like 
I almost, whenever I do see it, kind of move away from it a little because I don't know why. It just feels a little bit confronting. It's not what I'm used to. So there's definitely some work I need to do just around like maybe finding some role models that are really healthy in their relationships and just being around them and watching how they operate. So number one, yeah, it's a, dating is going to be your mirror. Be, be prepared to see all the places where you still need healing. And honestly, like know that that's a good thing. Like it's so hard to see this stuff without something that we can hold up as a mirror, something like dating or some other big personal change that you are stepping into. So number two, <laughs> I kind of really have to do this thing as I'm dating where I separate out what belongs to me, what do I believe, and what is conditioning from other people and society. And if you think about it, there are just so many like experts, gurus, books, websites, like people that have their rules of dating that they want to teach you for money. And really, it is kind of like, I don't know, like I'm kind of like feel about dating rules, kind of like I feel like training rules. You've probably heard me say on this podcast back when I used to talk about fitness more, really all training plans work. It really is hard to like do a training plan for your events, for your race, for your climb, and not get more fit. Like, it's going to happen one way or another. I feel the same way about dating. Like, I feel like like any set of rules, any process, any, like, I don't know what the word is. People, a lot of these coaches that are dating coaches are like, I have the one true way. And if you follow these five rules, you will be married as fuck in, in a couple of years. And I really feel like, That's honestly not true. And I have never found like a dating process that works well for me. I kind of have been coming, and this has been a big realization this month, to the conclusion that if I'm going to do this thing, if I'm going to find my person, I'm going to have to do it my way in a way that works for me. And that means I'm going to have to break a lot of the rules that I've been taught. So yeah, so like one of those is I, one of my favorite dating coaches, I'll put a a link in the show note. I've done a couple of her courses. I love watching her stuff on Instagram. Her name is Rebecca Boatman. Um, And she's amazing. And one of her things really is that you kind of have to have this energy that you have lots of irons in the fire, that you're not like really attached to any one guy, any one outcome. And one way that really helps to do that is to date a lot of people at one time. So I kind of went into it with the thought that, yep, I'm going to have to figure out how to date lots of people at one time. Even though I have two jobs, I have, uh, I'm a caretaker for a parent with, with some health problems. I'm, you know, really like a bit overwhelmed, like already in everything that I have to do. So real quick, I kind of burned that rule down and I'm like, honestly, one date a week, maybe not even every week, <laughs> five minutes a day on the app and I am probably going to like go through in the past when I was dating, I would date like a lot of people and just have lots of dates. And that was a lot of fun. But I'm like, yeah, I'm going to probably have to be a little bit more selective about how who's going to get this time from me this time around. And I know that that's against all the rules of dating. But yeah, 
it's it's just the way that it might happen. And it also might mean that even though the guy, I think, it's ideal, should plan the first date, I might have to be like, hey, we might have to do a date close to me, just depending on what is going on. I mean, I, you know, that is kind of the only way that I'm going to get out there. If I have to drive to Centennial, which if you're not from Denver, is like at the other end of the southern end of town where all the guys seem to live, I am probably not going to go on too many dates. So that's that might be the way that it's going to be. And also just like letting go of conditioning like from other people and stuff that I've internalized from what other people who are kind of putting their shit about dating on me, I think, have told me. So one of the stories that I carry around that I think I hold really deeply and use to beat myself up is that I'm too picky. And I think when I really think about this, this is a story that doesn't come from me. It comes from other people. And I think it's a bit confronting for others in society to see a woman who would rather be alone than compromise what she wants in a partner. I think that is kind of a scary thing. I think it's really scary for men. And then for women who maybe on some level are compromising a bit, I think it, you know, becomes easy to be like, well, there is no perfect person because mine sure isn't. So, you know, just go out with someone that you don't really like that, you know, maybe is outside the age you want that has kids that doesn't have kids that has the right pets, the wrong pets, you know, you got to like go out with all the people. So (laughs) I definitely like really struggle with that. I'd say that's probably like my number one struggle in dating is other people's internalized shits. So, yeah, and the way that shows up, I'll I'll be like going through the app and I'll be like, this looks like a nice guy. I should be dating this kind of guy, even if there's something in the profile that makes my entire body scream no, even if the face like I'm like, yeah, I just (laughs) I just cannot like it's just like does not look like my type. And then I also have this idea, I should give all the nice guys a chance. So if they're texting and they're being nice, even if it's like, you know, really not matching what I'm looking for. I should talk to all of them, give them time, spend time talking to them, make them feel good. And it's been a real realization that it really is okay just to let people go for no reason other than I want to (laughs) just be like, nope, (laughs) deep in my spleen, I feel a no for this one and just kind of stop contact, unmatch, do whatever I want to do. So that has been something that has really made it a lot easier, but it took me a while to get there. So number three, anytime you declare your intentions to meet a new goal, whether that is dating and finding your person or getting a degree or having a baby or whatever it's going to be for you, the universe will help you by not (laughs) making it easy and rolling out a red carpet. But by, but by doing the opposite, the universe will actually send you some challenges, usually right up front, just to make sure that you are serious, that you are ready, and that, yeah, you are really committed to this thing. And you can think of it, I think, the way I think of it is it's just really helping me get some of the hard work done up front so that, you know, later on, it can be easy, it can flow. It's really just showing me the very first things that I need 
need to work on. So yeah, <laughs> at the very first date I went on after getting back on the app for a couple of years, um, I feel bad like talking about people. So I'm going to use like no identifying characteristics, but the date was kind of like a job interview, <laughs> like a really, not like a fun job interview. It was kind of like a really tough job interview. And it was like clearly someone who had studied my profile and just assembled a list of questions. And the questions were kind of like, maybe like fifth date questions in my mind versus like first date questions. And they had like a lot of like parts and conditions. So examples, like the first one I remember was, I, I've worked overseas. I think I just did an episode about that, but it it was something like, tell me about work, about being overseas without talking about work. And I'm like, why can't I talk about work? Like, I'm like, shit, <laughs> work was like the big thing that I did over there. I did lots of other cool things too. But then I'm like, why, why am I not allowed to talk about work? That's so strange. Like I am someone that loves to talk about work. My work is just really central to who I am. And honestly, I don't mind talking about that at all on dates and love talking to people about what I do. So that was weird. And then the other one that kind of like threw me for, oh, <laughs> I'll tell you this, like my answer to that question, because the question annoyed me was, so they, it was like, what did you do overseas and tell me without talking about work? And I was like, I did a lot of drugs. And this person was like floored. They were like, oh, oh, like did not know what to say. I don't know if they thought I was serious, which I was not, but I'm like laughing and they're not like not getting that it's, it's me just like taking the piss. <laughs> so that was awkward. And then the other question that kind of flowed, like like threw me for a leap was, tell me about something today that gave you joy. And I'm like, shit, it's not, I'm actually like a pretty joyful person, but honestly, like today it was one of those days when I was just kind of head down, like getting all my shit done so I could maybe go on the date and have some fun or just get grilled like I'm getting now. <laughs> And yeah, and I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, I just like was texting with a friend that, you know, we've reconnected after just like not being in touch for a while. And I was just thinking like how, how good that felt. And apparently that was like not a good enough answer because we walk out of the date and we're just like hanging out, saying goodbyes and the guy's like, I didn't feel a connection. And I'm like, who's asking you, asshole? And I didn't actually say that, but I was just, in real life, I was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I guess this will save me from like being grilled by you on a second date if, if, if it came to that. Anyway, so yeah, I, I really think... I would have loved for that first date just to be like someone that was like nice and understanding and easy and didn't like reject me on the spot, like as we're walking out. But I also feel like now I'm like the second date has got to be better than the first date. Like, come on. <laughs> so thank you, universe, for sending me a challenge up front. And just um, for all of you who are stepping into something new, just know that that will probably happen and it's, it's probably a good thing. It's happening for you. Number four, let's talk about your friend's responses to you dating. And I think most of us, like whenever we start dating, like I'm always like, this is a really positive thing for me. This is me like, you know, going for my goals and stepping into, you know, what I really want, moving toward what I really want. And I always kind of assume my friends are going to feel like really good about that because I feel good about that. And 
I don't know that that's always the case. I think especially when our friends have gotten used to us being single, just kind of being the one who never has a partner, is not in a relationship for a long time. Whenever that changes, I think it can be a little bit confronting for people. And it was kind of interesting. I was on, <laughs> I'm like, should I tell this story? I think so. I, I feel like this happens somewhat innocently. Like, like your friend's reaction is f- almost for sure, like happening on an unconscious level. It's not that they're wishing, not wishing you well or wishing that things would go badly for you. It's just that they're having to make some adjustments in their brain to you being different and maybe it's a mirror that you're holding up for them. So good example. I was on a hut trip this weekend and I was with three other people. I didn't realize this before I started talking about it or I might've kept my mouth shut. All pretty anti online dating. It was a couple that had met offline and then just a girl who had had like really bad experiences. She said with online dating and didn't like it. And I just felt like, you know, I started like just sharing some things that were happening, you know, telling my friends like as you do. And I felt like I got just like a giant judgment fest back, like, like just even like a judgment kind of on my own attractiveness. And why do you need to date? You can totally meet people offline. That's for people that are desperate, which is weird in 2024, right? I'm like pretty much thought all the hottest people I know like met their their partners online. I don't think that that's true at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was just kind of like blown away a little bit and just feeling for about 10 minutes, like really kind of like super hurt about it. And then I was like, well, it's maybe kind of confronting. And I think it's a little bit hard for us to admit this to ourselves when we are maybe even seeing it in other people to see a woman who is maybe not like a 19 year old, like Barbie doll type that everyone, like the kind of woman that we would assume having lots of partners, lots of relationships, lots of dates. I think it's a little bit confronting to see a woman that maybe doesn't fit that mold being empowered going out there, dating, like meeting lots of guys, you know, talking to lots of people, seeing yes, saying no to lots of different people. I think that's really hard in particular for men to watch sometimes, especially if they've, you know, aren't completely comfortable with like women having that kind of power. And I think sometimes for women too, it's it's a little bit like, especially if that's something that they've never felt comfortable doing themselves, it's maybe a little bit hard to watch. So if you notice that your friends are, yeah, just like not being as supportive as they could be of your online dating thing, or even putting it down subtly or not so subtly, I don't want you to take that personally. I want you to think about that this really is about their shit. There is something inside that you are mirroring back to them that for whatever reason just feels uncomfortable. And is it really your job <laughs> to like just only say stuff that's not confronting for them? Of course not. You be you. And really, I think the best thing to do is just like let them figure their shit out and sort it out. And especially if you've, I mean, in my friend group, I've been the one that's been like single forever. So 
of course, people have to get used to this idea that maybe now it will be different. And maybe that's, you know, on some unconscious level, a little bit tough for them. So also having some grace, having some compassion, knowing that human brains don't like change. Um, Our brains don't like us to change, which is why it's so hard. And we don't necessarily like our friends to change either. We like everything the way it was. And seeing your friends make big life changes, I think is never easy. So just having a little grace, a little understanding for that will go a long way. Number five, let it be messy. I feel like I keep coming back to dating and starting a business being so parallel, so analogous. And it really, there is no way to go into dating and be like, I am going to follow this perfect little pathway and it just like check off all these boxes on my way to, you know, finding my person and it's going to happen fast. It really, you know, is just going to surface so much stuff for you that you didn't even know what was there. So many problems that you need to solve that you weren't planning on solving. And that really is the way of it, and that is okay. So a good example for me of how it's been just like really messy is I've realized now that I started dating, like how time squeezed I am. Like I said, two jobs, um, trying to hang out with my mom a couple times a week and take care of all her stuff, which is pretty time consuming, trying to run a 50K and now trying to like have dating on top of that and also still trying to have a life. It's a lot. So my mind went a little bit crazy when I realized like, wow, I just really just do not have a lot of time for this. And I almost considered stopping dating. I'm I'm thinking maybe I just need to fix the time issue first and then I can come back and add dating in on top. And I'm kind of glad I didn't do that, do it that way. I'm kind of glad I let them just both be there together and both be very imperfect and let myself like kind of screw up both of them because it really just again, like illuminated for me. I'm like, I really do need more time. There are some things happening in my life that I'm, you know, maybe just not even realizing that I'm doing that are taking up a lot of time that really aren't aligned anymore. It's okay to let them go. So one of the things it really illuminated for me is how much free stuff I give away in my business. I mean, I have a podcast, I have a meetup with, until this month, I was doing like two meetups a week uh, or two, yeah, two meetups a week, eight a month. Um, for free for people. They were an hour long. And then I was also doing a free workshop every week in my business, either a hypnotic event or a workshop type events. And (laughs) being my own business coach, I I kind of like, I I really didn't even at first like know what to let go of. And I'm like, I'm just going to kind of sit with a piece of paper and just write down all the things that maybe are taking up a lot of time. And that was one that just kind of popped up. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize like how much time I am putting into like this free stuff, this meetup. You know, I'm going into my third year as a coach. I'm charging higher prices. I have like lots of steady clients. I'm in such a good place. I'm like, I don't necessarily be need to be doing eight meetups a month for free and a free event. So <laughs> making big moves, went right to the computer, canceled the 
I do Tuesday and Thursday events. Thursday events are all gone now. I, I'm thinking they might maybe come back as one event. Maybe we'll do the morning event once a month so that people who like the mornings still have a chance to join us. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I never maybe even would have noticed, or it might have taken me much longer, or like hiring my own business coach for like $10,000 to realize, yeah, I'm doing things that no longer serve. And dating really was kind of the the mirror, again, that held that up for me. So I'm like, that's kind of cool how that works. And if I had just tried to make it neat and do one thing at a time, it, I never would have learned from it in the way that I did. So number six, I think this, I'm going to leave you with my very best tip for dating. This has been my work this month. I think this will be my work for a little bit. You have to fuel your big goals with positive emotion. And you've heard me talk before that the only reason we want something, the only reason we want to meet our person, the only reason we want to make a certain amount of money in our business, the only reason we want to get married, the only reason we want to have a baby, the only reason we want a promotion at work is because we want the emotion that comes with it. Like the feeling our brain can't even process. But we're like, yeah, when I get that promotion, I'm going to finally feel successful. I'm going to finally feel valued at work. Like people actually think I'm doing a good job and care about what I do. And same with dating. Like I'm going to finally feel love. I'm going to finally feel loved in return. I'm going to feel desire and desirable and all these beautiful emotions. And whenever we think about it in that way, if you listen to the episode I did about manifestation, we're actually kind of demotivating demotivating ourselves. We're putting our incentive system backwards. And what usually happens when we're like, yeah, I feel just like undesirable, like I don't look the way I want to look, I don't like the way my teeth are, I don't like the way my hair is and the way my body is, but you know, once I'm in a relationship, I'm going to like, you know, feel okay about all those things. Yeah, that's like a really, really hard way to actually get through the whole dating game to where you want to go whenever you're just sitting in a big pool of negative emotion, thinking that you have to do all these things so you can get the positive emotion. What you need to do is really create that positive emotion up front. What's it going to feel like when you're with the person, with your soulmate, however you like to think of it, when you're going on a trip with them, when you're visiting friends with them, when you're going to family functions with them, when you're doing whatever you're going to do with them. Like think of all the things that you're excited about and just like really notice what those feelings are. And one thing that I had a really hard time like letting myself believe is that I could like be really like cherished in a relationship. Like someone could just be so in love with me and so obsessed with me and so like unable to keep their hands off me and so unable to let me out of their sight and so sad when I'm gone. I'm like, ah, I just like almost didn't feel like that could be real, that I could be, I call it, unconditionally cherished, which is the thing I stole from Simone Soul. if you're into life coaches. I'll put a link in the show notes to her account. She is full of all kinds of like business slash dating wisdom. She puts the two together a lot, which I love. <laughs> but yeah, 
I, w- I got up this morning and I was just like hating the fact that I had to open this app and look at all these guys. And I'm like, I don't even like any of these guys. I wish I could just like start over again on some other app. And I really was pretty far from the uncon- like, like, like the unconditionally cherished feeling. So I really just had to sit down today and just kind of drop in, do my whole trance and breath thing. And just like relax and just really let my mind, like my imagination take me on a trip going to Thailand with my, my guy and going and like going for a run up the temple steps. And maybe we're both like working remotely. We're global, we're digital nomads. We're able to hang out in Thailand for a while. And maybe now some of our friends are coming to visit and our friends are like, oh my gosh, this couple is just disgusting. They're so in love and all over each other. (laughs) And just like thinking about like when the friends leave and we just have a day to ourselves just to hang around the house and Ah, just like spend time with each other and make dinner together. And I just really took myself to all the things I knew would create a really good feeling. And then I was really able to now open up the dating app and do all the all the things you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> and not and have it and do it from a place that just felt like lights and felt good and felt fun and felt anticipation. Because maybe one of these guys is that guy that's just gonna just love me to death, which almost like doesn't seem possible when you're just like texting with random people on the app. Like you're like, "Eh, nope, not this one. But maybe it is that one. So just like opening to that possibility. So that's my homework for you. Just really thinking about how you can create more of that emotion up front and use that to fuel you through all the bad dates, through all the wrong turns, through all the, you know, times when you really are feeling kind of into someone and then they completely ghost, you really need like a, almost like a, a lighthouse that you can steer toward. And that lighthouse can be like that feeling and you can actually feel that feeling now so that you can just have fuel to sustain you through all this stuff that's kind of uncomfortable. That's just an integral part of dating that I think you really can't avoid. So friends, I hope this was helpful. I hope this was fun. I hope even if you are doing something other than dating, you had a couple tools or a couple concepts or a couple ideas that really felt helpful to you. And yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Have an awesome week and I will talk to you next week.